We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff! We have a liftoff! Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can always get this on the DA Show's podcast feed. Simply search the DA Show on your favorite podcast platform or search Permission Granted. Subscribe either one of those places, rate and review. That helps other people find the podcast. And it's available inside the Odyssey app. So listen to us live on the Odyssey app on your phone. And then inside the Odyssey app, you've got podcasts from our show and the Permission Granted podcast. It is now Tuesday morning post-show, and so we've had two days of the week minus Mraz. Pat Boyle's been in for Mraz. Connor Green's in on Wednesday for Mraz. Then Pat is back Thursday, Friday. The big story so far of the week has been Pat's start out of the gates in doing Canadian bacon. Monday was his first chance ever to do it in the three seasons we've held it. He's never done it before, and now he's done two of them in a row. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say, Bogues, Pat got the bit quicker than anybody else has ever done, and that includes you and I, at least myself. I feel like he's done it better than even the one time that I did it. His Tuesday performance, as I said during the show, um, might be the best ever from top to bottom. The delivery was solid. There were a couple of mistakes. Now, you know, getting overtime ending man wrong. He called it overtime winning man. I mean, that... It's up to you, subjective, how much you want to penalize him for for messing up. I mean, is it the same as Sean completely ham-handing his Kirill Kaprizov punchline to mess up? It's not up? nearly as bad as that. I mean, it is the trademark of the segment, but I, but I, whether it's first or second or third or top five, I mean, that was an all-time Canadian bacon on Tuesday, and all his background is is hearing a handful from last week and doing it for a second time on Tuesday. He's shown chops, and what I also like is that he is willing to take some runs at Mraz in the script writing. He has not come in and been like, hey, I don't want to offend anybody, don't want to rattle any cages. He's gone after Mraz, making fun of Mraz's cataclysmic mistakes (laughs) and mispronunciations. Monday he did something else coming out of the box that made fun of Mraz. You know what? 
he's kind of called his shot, and he's been here, and, and he's been present. And he really hasn't had a misstep because even the critiques of Monday were, you know, he didn't fit the format, and he didn't follow the rules, and to me those were minor critiques of his performance. And then you mix in his ability to think of jokes almost on the fly from the show that day and insert them into a script, whereas you sit on the show on Tuesday, Sean's scripts are locked in a vault once they're done (laughs) the night before or before the show begins. There's no tweaks, there's no additions, there's no quick references, and Boyle, off the top of his head, is throwing in some pretty decent jokes based on what we've already discussed earlier in the show. I mean, it's just, we knew he was talented. We thought... He might have been a mid a mini Zanaboni with his, you know, frequent genitalia references, but he showed up as a broadcaster with the edge of of Pat Boyle, and uh, he's crushed these two days. It makes you wonder: <clears throat> Do you think if you were a hockey fan, diehard hockey fan, you would prefer Pat because he's giving you more nuts and bolts, and maybe if you're not a hockey fan, you prefer Mraz because it's just it's more of a show? Or do you think that across the board, Pat's just done a better job? I personally, as a diehard hockey fan, I think Pat has done a better job because, and Sean can correct me if I'm wrong, Sean's not trying to be bad at Canadian bacon. <laughs> like, that's not the shtick. The shtick is not being overly corny or being goofy or messing up so he can then be angry and punch the microphone. He's failing on different levels, like, through in the script. So I think that's why I like Connor so much and now why I like Boyle is because their execution is consistently better than Sean's. If Sean was trying to be, like, sarcastic, was trying to be, what's the right word? Not cynical. Um, but if he was, tr- if this was the goal, was to be a doofus at times, it'd be a different feel. But when he's struggling and messing up, yeah, it makes him endearing, but it's also him messing up. And, like, I ba- Boyle almost threw a perfect game on Tuesday. The Penguins pummeled them for five goals in the second period and painted them blue at PPG Paints Arena. Their goalie, Igor Shosturkin, might as well change his name to Eeyore Shosturkin because his goaltending has been depressing. Panthers Radio saying it will go back to sunrise, but it was a sun-setting heartbreaker in the nation's capital last night, especially for Alex Ovechkin, who Ovech couldn't score any goals. He had an assist. And as he was skating his way towards goal on his penalty shot, all of Calgary was screaming, Go! Go! Go, Johnny! Go! Johnny B. Goodrow! Stars goalie Jake Ottinger said, It's too hot in her! So Goodrow said, Take your clothes off! And deked them right out of his pants! I'm done, right? Because we're only supposed to do three games and intentionally leave out a fourth. That's correct. Well, for good measure, break out the brooms in Nashville because it was another avalanche of goals last night for Colorado en route to the sweep. The avalanche scored first when they locked, cocked, rocked, restocked, and Andre Burakov skied their way to a 1-0 lead. And when they finished off the game with three unanswered goals, the Zamboni Zamboni polished the ice for the final time this year in Nashville last night. 
Predators goalie Connor Ingram got the Connor green light to go on vacation <laughs> because their season is au revoir. And that is your Canadian bacon. Yeah, this is so interesting because Canadian bacon is a different skill set in broadcasting. Writing a script, writing the highlights, telling the story of a game. And what we've seen is a Boyle and a Connor make it feel a little effortless. Their writing is so good that it just flows. The story tells itself and you can weave a joke or two in there. Mraz's feels laborious. It does. It is wordy. It is long. It goes a lot of different places. It's not clean. It's not tight. Well, and even his delivery makes you... It, it, it sounds laborious, too, because he you can hear him getting worked up. You can hear the energy it's taking to get through the scripts. Boyle and Con- Connor is an assassin. Connor sits down... Looks like he's 11, sounds like he's 13, (laughs) and never really raises his voice or anything like that. He just dryly reads quality line after quality line. There's almost never a slip-up, and the jokes are just better than most of our jokes. And then Boyle's a little different presentation, but the same thing. Like He made factual errors on Tuesday, but I don't think he made a reading error. He didn't mess up a line, didn't need to restart from the top. Didn't go, I've got my pages out of order. Like, he just sat there and drilled it. Peppered the strike zone. And so it makes you wonder if Mraz didn't learn the skill of writing a script and reading a script. Well, did he learn anything? (laughs) Or they didn't, did they not teach that? Or did he just not get that skill? Because he did go to a communications program. Yes. Granted, it was only the back two and a half years. I don't think his first two years. Back two and a half years. <laughs> I don't think the first two or the first three, however long he was at his first school. I don't know if he did communications. That might have just been gen ed. But I know the last one because he has this communications professor that also Pete had at a different college. Right. And they have this rivalry between them. And I wonder, like, did Mraz just not take that class? Because a huge part of broadcast or communications is writing a script, delivering the script, speaking the script. That's just so right. much of broadcasting. That is so not a skill that Mraz possesses. Which I mean, which is fine because well, it's fine for talk. I, part of the I think part of the allure of Sean is that he he's a blue collar kind of guy <laughs> and he's an everyman and he doesn't have the you know I don't have the trim just doing this. Whereas Connor and Boyle have a little more polish. They sound a little more yes. like broadcast. In fact, Connor sounds like a broadcaster. Boyle sounds like a mix of the two. He's a blue collar guy, but he's also got the white collar training that Connor has too. Right. And he puts them together and it's a little rough around the edges and his voice is deeper and louder. But the skill of writing and delivering it too, like, I just feel like I can't account fully for Sean's delivery, but if he gave you or I his script and we had a half an hour just to sit there and kind of go through it and tweak some things, the script would be better. Way better. He still might not deliver it the way we want him to, and everyone's guilty of this. Like, you just, you intend to read it one way and you end up doing it a different way, but that can hurt the delivery. Like, that's another thing that Sean has wandered into where he, like, emphasizes the wrong word or starts too high or too low and then it, the punchline is missed because his voice is going in the wrong direction <laughs> and like Boyle and Connor don't do not do that either so sh- they're, 
their their own they have their own set of skills. But Boyle was on display, and again, Tuesday's mornings was as good as anyone has done from from top to bottom. We began Canadian Bacon last week on Tuesday, so we've done about a week of these mm-hmm. because Monday night was the first night of hockey playoffs. We did the first one. After the first one, you came in Wednesday morning and said, we should have Pete grade them based on oinks. Yeah. And I hadn't thought of that, but I'm like, that's a really good idea. And let me tell you, it's been a game changer. The response we now get from the listeners who all have a vested interest in what the score was. (laughs) Yeah. And that it's so patently absurd that it comes in oinks. <laughs> you get one out of five oinks. And then today we've added a half oink. Which we should have thought of to begin with because it is, there's there's not enough room to just do whole numbers. And people are tweeting in snout emojis <laughs> how many oinks these things deserve. It was such a stroke of brilliance by you. How did you come up with that idea? Um... Well, because I think Pete was randomly playing the oinks at the close of the first. Like I, yeah. it, he played them as Sean was finishing <laughs> his first one, and it just it made me think that like that's how we like it just right in my head right away like that was a random number of oinks. It should be a specific number of oinks, and he's not here to defend himself, but we all know. That at least subconsciously, if not deliberately, Sean's, I mean, Pete's feelings for Sean (laughs) are absolutely tainting the oinks. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It, And and we're all guilty of, again, either on purpose or like subliminal, you know, issues. There's no, I mean, he gave him two oinks last week. (laughs) There's definitely hate in there. There's such a disdain that Pete has for so much of what Mraz (laughs) represents that it comes out in the grading. And it's also, this is just so perfect because you and I get to, we get to pick apart and and analyze the Canadian bacon, but ultimately we are not responsible for the grade. Right. It only comes from Pete, and Pete is so protective (laughs) and proud to be the ultimate arbiter of what your score is. So that part of it is so perfect. Like, we have no say in the grade. We we are both waiting with bated breath on how many oinks are going. And I would have given Boyle five for Tuesday's show. I was not going to penalize him enough for, and I, maybe I should have for overtime winning, man. I was prepared for five. I would not have protested if Pete hit that oink button, the full oink, one more time. But his point was, if I if you do five, then there's no room left for somebody be better. So now at least the five is still protected. We've got the half wink now, and I think Boyle correctly sits right between the two <laughs> from Tuesday. Just, I can't believe that in one week this has become such a, a total cornerstone of the show. You wait all all morning for the puns and the score and then the debate of the score. And it's not anywhere near being over yet. <laughs> so we're halfway through the first round. Right. I mean, we have six, six and a half more weeks of this at least because I, I think maybe they it, it goes a little longer than I remember because of the backed-up schedule. So I think we're going even deeper into June. So, I mean, we might have two full months still of this bad boy. And it's amazing because now I want more variation. 
I don't want just Mraz every day. Yeah. I need, you know, I, I don't mind Mraz having the whole week next week. But two months of Mraz, I think we'll need, now maybe he'll take some time off, but we need a Boyle in there. We need a Connor Green in there. We need maybe a Zanaboni in there. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the tough part is it's not the fad journal where it can be handed off to somebody, they can record it, send it back at their leisure. Somebody, the guest speakers have to be kind of on hand. But I can't, I I, I don't want to even try to fathom what a Zanaboni would do with Canadian bacon. It could be, it could end the bit. It could. It could. It could be Tiki into Sterling into no more fat journal. That's true. Or it could be the beginning of the end of Zanaboni. I don't know. This could be, <laughs> maybe he's not cut out for hockey puns. I don't know. It might be too absurd. But let's find out. Joey Zanaboni is the broadcaster with the Fredericksburg Nationals, the single A of the Nats, the Fred Nats, who is wild and outrageous. And we played a lot of his calls and then had him on the show last week. And we just know that he would do something ridiculous with this. <laughs> who knows if it's in a good way or bad way. But... Whew. What, what a day in Canadian bacon. What a week so far in Canadian bacon. Last question before you get out of here. Was there any part of you that did stunt to a news today and, and was hesitant because it was a little too morbid? It was about Lake Mead in Nevada, and it's drying up because of climate change, and thus yeah. they're finding dead bodies in there. Well, I think— um, Rotting away from years. Right. So remember, I forgot that we were doing stunt to a news when we were supposed to do stunt to a news, so I was then a little in bit— In hour two. Right. So I had a, I was in a little bit of a scramble mode to pick a story. I, I actually, between me finding some, Cap has sent a bunch, listeners keep sending them in. I've got right now probably six or seven or eight like in the bank ready to be used. And we're even now to a point where people are sending ones in because they connect to the show. Like I got the lawnmower one because of Sean's lawn mowing whatever drama. And then somebody sent one today that I think, at first glance, plays off of your bird poop-infested Adirondack chairs. Uh So we've got that. Um, But I had this one on my list. I think I found this one myself. And it was just... Let me play... Oh, you know what? Because there was... I saw it originally last week when they found the first body. Like, okay, let me keep an eye on this. (laughs) And then today I saw more bones found. Like, now we're doing this. And I was scrambling, so it was on top of the list. So in it went... Um, had they found a sadder story, like if it was, I don't know, a kid's bones, I might've stayed away from it, but it was a body in a barrel from the late seventies. We don't know what the new set of bones is just yet. Obviously the story is only bad things because this is happening because the earth is dying and people had died to begin with, to let the bones be in the lake. But I thought with a good mafia joke or two, we would have gotten to a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, it, the mafia part of this works. If this is just a random lake in, like, Georgia, it's not as funny. Yeah. But the fact that it's a body dumped in a canister outside of Vegas from the 70s. Right, over a gambling debt or looked at a <laughs> girl the wrong way or called Joe Pesci a clown. Like, that's, it's, <laughs> distracts from the, from the lead story. Oh, it's been a good first two days. We're going to have Pat Boyle here on Side B to detail how his Canadian bacon has been written and performed next on the PGP. All right, welcome into side B of the PGP. And Pat Boyle, who's in for Mraz Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday this week, is here with me on side B. And Canadian bacon is all the rage. And Tuesday got four and a half oinks. 
Monday's got four oinks. You stepped into a very hot kitchen and you've delivered. Any nerves on Monday? Um, good nerves. I was definitely a good nervous. You know, it was something that I was very excited to step to the plate for. Uh, and, you know, something like that where you have to write your own script. Like, I take my take writing things very seriously. The delivery, it's a performance. And I saw the way Mraz got up for it. The bacon suit, the green screen, the singing, the whole, le- you know, everything that encompassed it. So I knew going in that I had to, you know, give a good performance. I had to create some good puns. So I definitely, you know, took it with everything I had and, and, and tried to run with it. And it was good nerves. I wasn't nervous that I was going to stumble over saying words or that I wasn't that it wasn't going to be good or that I wasn't going to be able to deliver it. It was it was good nerves. So it was the anticipation. Yeah. It was the the adrenaline rush that you were kind of juiced up about. Me and Bogues were just talking on side A. Your writing and reading your script is really good. It's much it's much better than Morass. And I just don't know if he doesn't have that skill set, didn't learn it, didn't go to a college that taught it. I don't know. He went to a communications program. So like the first day in communications <laughs> is either like using a camera or, or writing, writing a, a script, script and speaking it out loud. So I'm even public speaking classes, you have to do that. So did you have a lot of training in writing a script and delivering it? Yeah, I mean, for the most part. You know, I went to college in New Jersey for a year and a half, and we had a TV, like a student TV station, where we did the mock, you know, sports talk, debate TV shows, news. What, yeah, so we had to write our own scripts. We had to learn how to operate the cameras and all that stuff, be on camera, present ourselves. And then so that was the first real training. Uh, outside of that, it's just being on camera for play-by-play. Um, you know, and a lot of the stuff is just stream, you know, digital broadcast now where there's not an open, but if it's a full-scale production uh, for some of, like, the bigger Rutgers broadcasts, then, then yeah, it's be on camera. So and really just outside of that, uh, there hasn't, you know, I haven't had a ton of training. Because uh, when I went to, you know, when I transferred to Drew in college, there wasn't a huge communications program. So most of that was just student-run broadcast program. So I didn't have a ton of training. But, you know, you watch how people operate. You you learn how people do things. You see how people do things. Learn by osmosis. So I feel like a lot of that was, was that. Because you call Rutgers baseball and softball? Primarily volleyball and then basically every sport other than football and basketball. The Olympic to- sports. Yeah. And, and that'll be broadcast on Rutgers' websites for the, the live stream. No, no. They they do it all through Big Ten Plus. Oh, So, okay. like ESPN Plus, it's a streaming, yep. so it's $5 a month. Gotcha. Yeah, but the Big Ten has the, the stranglehold on it. Gotcha. Okay. So, rave reviews from the listeners. I thought there would be more resistance because you're the new guy. And granted, the listeners are familiar enough with you, but... You know, you haven't done Canadian bacon before. Mraz is a beloved figure amongst most of our listeners. You're stepping in. You decided to take a shot at Mraz in the first Canadian bacon, unprovoked. Then Mraz undressed you on Twitter and Twitch, thought that you didn't do a good job, you didn't do it right, blah, blah, blah. So then today, you fired back at him again, more like, hey, this was a response. But did you think you'd meet more resistance? Because I'm looking on Twitter, and granted, that's not a complete view of it but i would say your approval rating is like over 80 percent yeah i i think for the most part you know again i was confident it was done well 
I I like the puns I wrote together and just the way that it flowed. Again, the creation of the script. You said it on the show, you know, how it's kind of highlight or it's description, pun, pun, highlight and the way it flows. So I was I was happy with the way everything came together. And then when it comes to getting approval from the D aliens, the audience, you know, when you when you throw Mraz into the into the pit with you, you're going to get people that love him and you're going to get people that hate him. So that was kind of a that was kind of a, a, a um it was strategic. Yeah, it was just strategic approach to to kind of drag him in there with me, pit me against him as hey, this is the guy, this is the buffoon that that does it all the time for you guys. Here's how it should be done. <laughs> and the people that love to get on Mraz and the people that side with Bilotti in the Bilotti Mraz wars, I knew we're going to take my side no matter what and I feel like then if I did a really good job, they would <laughs> You know, blow their tops for me. It's amazing. I was just telling Bogish, it's amazing the intensity of the response that we get now of how many oinks you deserve. Now, after every Canadian bacon, Twitter lights up with, he deserves this many. How could you not give him this? I can't believe you gave him that. The scoring of the oinks is now a, a staple of and the you, show. And you guys just started that this year, right? Just, Yeah. Last week. Last week. Yeah, so last yeah. week. Last Wednesday. We haven't even done a full week of them yet. And it's already all the rage. So in years in years past when you guys did Canadian bacon, it would just be Mraz's performance and, and that was it. Yeah. The year number one it was just Mraz's performance and maybe a few giggles and jokes about it. Then by year two it was really grading out analyzing it like it's America's got talent. Yeah. We all kind of said what he could do better, what we liked, what we didn't like. And, of course, that would normally devolve into just keep saying it's not that good to get him to explode, yeah. you know. But then <laughs> this year, it was Bogus's idea. Why don't you have Pete grade them based on oinks? And I was like, wow, that's a brilliant idea. I never even would have thought of that. And now it's it's a staple. I mean, we'll never not do it. So yeah. it's amazing that they'll say, well, you, you can't talk hockey. Don't talk hockey. Nobody cares about hockey, but in doing it this way, you get the hockey news if you're a hockey fan. You get some fun with the hockey news, but really the post-Canadian Bacon breakdown is sometimes longer than Canadian Bacon itself. Bacon might go five minutes, six minutes, maybe less, four minutes. Yeah, The breakdown can now go eight to ten minutes. So now you're talking about maybe 14 minutes of hockey content Although most of it is just analyzing puns and delivery. Oh yeah, well, I mean, well, it, which is fine. You know, again, I think it is the the telltale, you know, time as old as uh, argument of you know, sports talk versus entertainment. And I think Canadian Bacon does an, an incredible job of pitting those two together, where you get you get the hockey, and then you also get the entertainment value and breaking down all the puns because you know even then that comes at you fast. You know, all those puns, I can't even, I, I listened to, to Mraz's, and it's, it was, you know, pretty poorly written. And even Very. then I get lost in some of the puns because of how poorly written it is. But also at the same time, it's easy, it goes so fast, and it's easy to, to get lost in it. So then when you're able to break it down and you're able to go back through some of the things that were said, then people are like, wow, I totally missed that one. Like I, for example, the one I did with Ottinger, it's hot in her. And then Goudreau on it said, "Take your clothes off and and deke them out of his his pants." Like that one's easy to get lost. Like you hear the hot in her, and then if you like that, and you start laughing. You don't hear the rest of it, right? So when you go back and analyze, and you go back and break down some of the puns, 
you get a lot of you know Easter eggs maybe that you missed the first time. Totally, it's like watching a an episode of Sopranos a couple of years later. Go, I, I didn't notice that. Yep, didn't see that. So your style fits well on the show because you do have a personality. You do invite some confrontation based on some harsh opinions. You don't mind throwing some haymakers. And you also don't take yourself too seriously. So I feel like it's a good fit when you fill in on the show. Hopefully you'll get to do some more hosting on the show since my summer Fridays are coming up and we all know that you'll never find me around here on a Friday in the summer. Between Memorial Day and Labor Day, I'm a, a tough guy to find on a Friday. So you might have more chances, hopefully, to host on the show or at least do some updates, et cetera. Do you think it's a good fit for your personality? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I would love that. I relish the the first opportunity with Bogues. Um, I think I, I think that was the PGP you guys did two weeks ago where you kind of broke that down. And uh, I listened to that and Bogues said, you know, it's a good it was a good pairing because we're pretty opposite. Yeah. So I would love, you know, always love to, to host with Bogues and would appreciate that opportunity anytime. And then I, I, I would love to see what it would be like to be opposite of Mraz for four hours. Would you go after him? If, if necessary, yes. Some of the takes he has, he needs to be dragged through the mud for them. <laughs> he needs to be dragged through the mud. Like when he def- – it was him and Bogus the one day you were out. This was also a couple weeks ago. And he was basically – he said, I'm not going to defend the Yankee fans for throwing debris at Guardians players, but then proceeded to defend Yankee fans. After said I wasn't going to defend Yankee fans, and Bogus Bogus sticks it to him, but he he then he kind of lets him off the hook. Like, okay, I've just accepted this is who you are. <laughs> but you would pound him in a submission. You see, I don't know because even though I'm, I I feel like I'm pretty close to Mraz. You know, he was one of the first people that kind of like embraced me. I would say when I first got here, so it's kind of tough because I do look up to Sean in a lot of ways, but at the same time. You know, again, it's 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 entertainment. So at the same time, if he says something that I find to be ludicrous, <laughs> I maybe we have to let some sparks fly. If we had Joey Zanaboni on the show today, and I let you ask him a question, would you have been honest and been like, "Hey, man, you're over the top. I, I think you got to cool it. This is annoying." T two to VP, and oh. he says, "What high deep here, right field? Could it be? Get out of town!" Dostoyevsky novel in a scented candle kiosk. Let's get lit. Yeah, because then I would then I'd be towing the line because you you don't you don't I, want to sandbag a guest. You know you don't want to sandbag a guest, but at the same time I. I probably would have said, like, have you ever, th- like, where did you get the idea? Where did you, wh- at what point in life did you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to be this guy. Lean I'm going to be that broadcaster. Yeah. And I'm going to make noise. It might not get me a big league broadcasting job, but at this point, I'm going to get, I'm going to make noise and I'm going to make people know who I am, whether they love me or they hate me. And in some ways, you, you know, Marash, Marash hates him. He didn't like him, right? 
or he loved him. He loved him at first, said he should be the replacement of John Sterling, and then said it's gone overboard. He can't vote him. He has no more votes of confidence anymore because it's gone too far. Yes, but at, at, in the beginning, I see, because Marash is kind of, he's kind of like Joey Zanaboni. You either love him or you hate him. So I'm not surprised at all that he said he should be the replacement for John Sterling at first, which is, in, again, in of itself, the ilk that Mraz drives himself with. Ludicrous take, <laughs> and also being like somebody else that you either love or hate. Broadcaster yeah. who just screams out of 12 the entire time. It also just is perfect for Mraz to to be all in on something so dramatically that this guy who's in single A should be the next voice of the Yankees. And then 48 hours later, based on one more 30-second clip we play, he goes, no, I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> so he's gone so far in in believing something based on one 30-second clip, and then the next one, he's like, no, nah, throw out that idea. Yep. No, I was wrong. No, that that is, that is that's peak Mraz <laughs> right there. And then if you try to call him out on it, it's defense and defense, and no, you're wrong, and yell and scream. All right, well, Pat Boyle's in for Thursday and Friday show as well, so we shall see how that goes. Once again, you can vote on your favorite moments from the PGP's history, the archives. PGP 400's coming up in three weeks from now, so we will tweet out and post on Facebook where you can submit your favorite PGP moments. Until next week, everybody, we'll see you aboard the Mothership. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.